Welcome to One Star Bazaar, where we review the movies critics hate. This week, we're looking at a biographical crime drama, Billionaire Boys Club, directed by James Cox, written by Captain Mausner and James Cox, released in theaters August 17th, 2018, starring Taryn Egerton, Egerton. Egger, Egerton? Tarragon Egg Yes. That's what I just An- Ansel Elgort. Kevin Spacey in his final film. Possibly, possibly final. final film. And Emma Roberts. It has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 30% on Metacritic. So this film, according to the Hollywood production company summary that is provided with it, described as a group of wealthy boys in Los Angeles during the early 1980s who establish a get-rich-quick scheme that turns deadly. So here's some delightfully uh, harsh harsh criticisms (laughs) of this film, yes. John DeFore of The Hollywood Reporter says, It's a derivative bore. All popped collars, douchey bros, and hand-me-down psychology that gets his characters up to their necks in borrowed money just long enough to have it really hurt when the accounts run dry. Peter de Bruges, I hope I am saying that correct, of Variety says Cox finds himself doing a poor imitation of Martin Scorsese, channeling the manic hedonism of both Goodfellas and The Wolf of Wall Street, minus the seductive magnetism of either film's central performance. Now that's an interesting quote. That helps segue into one of the main things I wanted to talk about before we watch this movie. There's two main things I'd like to talk about going into this that are kind of the reason why I was interested to watch this, even though I know it's going to be really bad. I was curious why you picked this one. Well, first of all, and this is not one of those two points, this is the newest movie that we have watched so far, right? Yeah. This movie came out in 2018. And now it's... And it is now 2019. However, it's barely 2019. (laughs) We talked about, we picked this out in 2018. Yes. So, there is that. Secondly, what interests me about this movie is it has Taron Egerton and Ansel Elgort. Two very young, presumably hot, new... Very hot right now. Yes, very hot right now. They both have kind of like a... Like a Colin Fur no, what's his name? Colin Farrell kind of vibe. Like, oh, like they're gonna be in like everything every and the then they'll just years. drop off the face of the planet. Yes. That um maybe. I mean, so Taryn Egerton, of course, has been in the Kingsman films. And he is also going to play Elton John. Oh yeah. Upcoming this year. Uh-huh. Um, and then the critically not well received Robin Hood. That is I yes. That also bad. <laughs> Which I still really want to see. Anyway. So. Um, Ansel Elgort, of course, is in Baby Driver, which was... Which was, also yeah. Also Oh, uh-huh. The point is, two Hollywood young, you know, not superstars, but very up-and-coming young stars. Mm-hmm. Bright future ahead of them. I think they definitely could go head-to-head in some sort of death match for who has the dumbest weirdest name for like a future <laughs> Hollywood hunk. Yeah. I mean, come on, like nothing against their names, but they're not bad, but they're just weird. And it's not even their last names, which they can't control, That's which fair. are both E names. <laughs> like, and the similarities are, are insane, but also 
Taryn and Ansel. Those are some like Ansel is super old school, right? Yeah. But yes, but they're also never going to have that problem of you know because okay, so the Screen Actors Guild. That's true. Like Emma only, Roberts has a very normal name. Yeah, and she's in this film. But no, what I'm saying is the Screen Actors Guild has this rule where there can only be right. one of something. Yeah. So they'll never have that problem. Yes, they will. Right, never like have Emma that Roberts, maybe maybe her name is Emily. Like with Emma Watson, her name was Emily. Emma Stone also isn't Emily her Watson. name also so Emily. They were like, no, you can't be Emily Watson. So she has to be Emma, even though in real life she goes by Emily. Yeah, she couldn't be Emily Watson because of the other, the other English yeah. Emily Watson. Right. So you're right. They but yes, Emma Stone problem. is also an Emily. Okay. So pro so, tip: if you're an Emily and you want to be in Hollywood, change your name. Well, I mean, if you have to, it's, <laughs> yeah. So second point that I wanted to make going into this film. Yes. You read me a statistic about how horribly this movie did at the box office. I did. Go ahead and tell everyone how much money this movie made on its opening weekend. $618. $600. (laughs) Not $600,000. No, $600. It was a limited release, though. Still, $600 is 60 people saw this movie opening weekend for $10 a ticket. Yes. What I'm curious to know is, is this movie really that bad? Or did this movie get some sort of like death kiss because it does feature Kevin Spacey? So there, there is some speculation about that, that the marketing and box office for this movie was severely impacted by the whole Kevin Spacey fiasco. Like they were making this movie. Yeah. So, well, let's talk about this movie though real quick so its budget was 15 million dollars okay which we've previously talked about in terms of like romantic comedies and everything yeah there's that's not, a cheap movie to make that is a cheap movie to make and not a lot of movies really get made that are in that kind of range of the like 10 to 40 million what have yeah you. um so would you care to guess how much it made total at the box office well it's more than 618 yeah i'm gonna guess like one and a half million dollars. Yeah, so two point two million dollars. Yeah. So still a box right. office loser. Oh, like hugely huge fail. Yeah. Epic. This is the main thing I wanted to say. Okay. As like a precursor to us watching this film. Okay. I can totally understand somebody seeing this movie and going, Oh, I would never support Kevin Spacey. I would never blah blah blah. I'm not gonna watch it. I get that. We are not watching this because we're like, Oh, I like Kevin Spacey and he's you know, I don't think he, it was that bad. No, like, first of all, I don't even care that Kevin Spacey's in this movie. He's not one of the main young men here. These two guys who are in this film, who do have bright futures ahead of them, and they have done some good things. Yeah, they have. They deserve to, you know, not be tainted by that. And mm-hmm. so, but my point is, I don't understand if, if listeners here are like, why would you support this? Why would you watch this? Well, it's just a bad movie. And we're just going into it. If people listen to this podcast because they're like, oh, should I watch this movie or should I not? I could totally understand if there are people that are like, I would never watch that movie no matter if it's good or not because of Kevin Spacey. And I get that. But I feel like... I understand that. I mean, I'm still going to watch it. At this point, though, like... The damage has already been done. Like, streaming this movie isn't going to... 
right. benefit him in any way. Right. And obviously, like, they probably finished filming this movie before a lot of that stuff came out. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, their marketing department was just like, oh, man, come on. Like, yeah. What? The question is, is this movie really that bad? And it was kind of unfairly criticized because of the stink of Kevin Spacey on it. Or is this legitimately like an honest to God, horrible, horrible movie? Well, let's watch it and find out. Okay. All right. So we just watched Billionaire Boys Club. And let's just go ahead and dive into our categories. How do you feel the acting was? I actually thought the acting was kind of good. I thought it was great. Emma Roberts was good. I thought for such a small role. I feel like Ansel Elgort, I mean, in all the movies I've seen him in, like we saw him in Baby Driver. We, I, I saw that some of the Divergent movies. I don't know if you saw them. I've never seen them. Um, but I feel like he's just kind of like I feel like he's very stiff in everything that he does. Yeah. But that didn't necessarily detract from. Well, yeah, because that's his character is kind of the shy, smart guy who doesn't really belong in the group. Yeah. And, so that that, that yeah. awkwardness kind of works for him. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I definitely didn't have any problems with the acting at all, even from like the tertiary characters. Like everyone was fine. Shout out to Judd Nelson. Um, Unrecognizable, you know, basically. But it was funny that when he came on, I was like, "Is that?" And it took me. I had to run through a couple of people that he looks like. Yeah. Like, at least his like beard and hairstyle. I was like, "Wait." Is that Judd Nelson? I'm yeah. Like, hey, you know, nice to know he's still getting, uh, you know, bit parts and, yeah. you know, penis pills. And, and a surprising Carrie Ellis. Yes, apparently Carrie Ellis is Andy Warhol in this movie for about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Very heavily made up and, you know, wig and yeah. whatnot. And then I feel like for, for Kevin Spacey to supposedly have dragged this movie down just by association... I mean, like some of the other characters, he's really not in the movie for very long. No, he's not. But yeah, the acting didn't really detract anything from this movie, or it, we can't really see it as one of the reasons it might have brought this movie down. No. All right, so next, how is the story? So it's funny, we kind of pause in the middle of this movie, brief intermission, grab some snacks, <laughs> and we both were like, this movie's fine so far. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the point. Like, it's the third act just goes, like, way in a different direction. I think that's kind of where the story falls apart is towards the end. I I feel like maybe they tried to wrap it up too quickly. I mean, the problem, too, is it's hard to criticize the way it ends because it is, in fact, based on a true story. Yeah. (laughs) So you're like, oh, that's that's dumb the way you guys ended that way. And it's like, that's how it actually happened. We assume. I mean, I don't know exactly how it how much it follows. It it seems like the story is very one sided. I think when it comes to whether or not the movie is engaging, I mean, I definitely think it was. I think it was an it was a compelling story. And I was. I wasn't like on the edge of my seat, but I was just like, where is this going to go? You know? Okay. So this is, this is kind of the problem that I have with movies like this, which are based on true stories, but not necessarily based on really big, exciting stories. Okay. Okay. So you have a lot of big biopics that are exciting. 
that are great films. Funny story. I never knew it was biopic. I always thought it was biopic. Well, and then I mean, you corrected I don't me. Know if, well, whatever. I mean, obviously a lot of films, a lot of great films are based on historical accounts, true figures, right? Well, and, history is always told by the winners. Well, regardless of winners or losers, the point is, okay, there's a lot of films based on historical events, events and people and people. Lawrence of Arabia, Gandhi. A lot of those movies can be great films. Lawrence of Arabia is one of the greatest films ever made. That's what people say. In my opinion. I say it. Well, people said that about Gone with the Wind, and it's a dumpster fire. A long, boring dumpster <laughs> okay. fire. Anyway, the point is, when you get to where you start going, okay, who else can we make a movie about? What are some other historical things? I'm sorry. Sometimes there's stories that just are not that exciting. You and know what I mean? Are you feeling that that's what this movie was? I feel that this movie started out well, but I never really cared that much about the characters. Uh-huh. And so when everything goes off the rails, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Here's my corollary. Okay? Do you remember the film Pain and Gain? Yes. The Michael Bay film from like five-ish years ago. The Rock. It's got The Rock. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg and Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. And they're like bodybuilders who, kind of similar to this, they, they get involved in some scheme, and then it goes south, and they, you know... And then crimes happen. Crimes happen, and it's based on a true thing that happened, or, you know, true events. And it's like, by the end of that movie, like, I was excited. I, watching commercials or trailers or whatever, I was like, that, that's an interesting movie. I, I wonder what the story is there. By the end, I was like... I don't care. Like, these are just <laughs> dumb, horrible people. Why do I care what their life ended up? And this, is, this isn't quite to that point. Uh-huh. Like, these characters aren't as despicable, only because they probably sugarcoated some of the crappy stuff they did. Yeah. You know, in this film. I think, though, I don't know. I mean, so you kind of weren't as invested, but I feel like even though I wasn't, invested in the characters i was still invested in the story you're right i like so even though i didn't have like you know yeah maybe you don't care about the two main characters but what's happening is still engaging sure i wasn't bored right i just didn't necessarily have any sympathy yeah, no, definitely don't sympathize really or em- like, empathize with the characters. They're yeah. they're not good people. No. But of course, the whole thing is they basically lie to themselves and tell themselves they're good people. So for our next category, it's uh, what does this movie do well and what does it do poorly? So obviously we talked about how the acting is good. Um, I feel like one of the things it kind of did poorly is towards the end, I feel like they're they, like I mentioned a little earlier, they kind of wrap it up too quickly. Yeah. But I'm curious now that I've been thinking about it. So throughout the movie, they all live this like high flying, hard living, like drug crazy 80s lifestyle. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of, granted, I never finished Breaking Bad, but sort of the evolution of that story, whereas he gets more and more involved in the meth world, like his kind of psyche and his whole personality kind of like devolves into the stages of meth addiction. I've never heard that. Yeah, people have written 
like things about that. about that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of curious if like this movie kind of does the same thing where as they progress and get more addicted to the highs of the, the game and more addicted to drugs as they keep using and using and using throughout the movie, if like the quick rapid pace of the end is just based on the fact that they're all doing a ton of cocaine. <laughs> I feel like you are giving this movie way too much benefit. Too much credit. Yeah, way okay. too much credit. That right. if any if it's like that, it's purely accidental. Okay. I don't think that the screenwriters were like, Oh, this would be a great narrative structure and we'll just have it mirror, you know, because the thing too is the main character, Ansel Elgort, does not do drugs. Yes. He's, he's, not he's a sober man. So it's not like he is, you know. I, but the other one is. Yes, that's true. And he's the one telling the story. That's true. Anyway, so what what do you think? What does it do poorly? I, well, I mean, I think what it does poorly is like I kind of was touching on before. It really, I don't know if this is a good excuse to have a movie. It's, you don't think it's a good enough story? I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't at all. Okay. I don't think that this story matters in the grand scheme of life. I don't think this story needed to be told. I, I kind of agree, but I also see a lot of parallels with this movie and the whole Ponzi scheme kind of system that is kind of still very active today. Oh, it's very active. So it's not like it's not relevant. No, it's definitely and relevant. There are lessons to be learned. Sure. But here's the thing. Ultimately, I guess the problem is this movie this movie's called Billionaire Boys Club. The problem I have, I guess, is that they're small time. I don't think the amount matters. I think it's still kind of interesting to see how normal people can get caught up in a world that eventually leads them to murder. Sure. I mean There are plenty of based on a true story stories that don't necessarily deserve a movie. Exactly. That's my point. And this is one of them. Okay. It's not like this is the only one that has ever been made where I'm like, oh, it's not a very exciting story. All right. So let's bring that to our last category then is when it was over, did we wish we hadn't watched or was it an enjoyable movie going experience? I think you're leaning one way. I'm kind of mixed. It was not. I. It was not the worst movie we've watched. No, it wasn't. By far. It was not I Want My Life I mean, it's back. not a great movie, but it's not an 8% I movie. No, I, I agree. It's not. Like, this isn't any worse than a lot of the dramas I've seen over the years. You're right. I Like, I usually am not a big fan of dramas. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. This one, like, held my interest. Maybe just because it kind of combines my... Like, it appeals to my true crime, like... Sure. Do you think that this movie would have done better if Kevin Spacey were not in it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, he kind of tainted it. But, which is crazy to me, because, I mean, looking at this movie, it's not it's not terrible, and I can't figure out... Like, it can't just be Kevin Spacey that dragged it down. So, I guess, what's your main takeaway from this movie is it watchworthy i wouldn't recommend anybody watch it but i wouldn't say it's a horrible movie 
I could see people enjoying this film. You know, if you really love dramas, sure, watch it. If you like true crime, yeah, okay, watch it. Go ahead. I'd be interested to know some of those people if, you know, if, if I suggest they watch it, if they'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, it was, it was interesting. But it's not a good movie. It's just not a terrible movie. It's a not bad movie. <laughs> it's lower than it's a movie for me. You know, it's a movie is like middle of the road. Like, yeah, it's a movie. It does what it's supposed to do. It takes the boxes and enjoying popcorn while watching it. It has laughs if it's comedy. It has exciting parts if it's a... It's better than Chain Reaction. Yeah. I would rather watch 10 movies that followed this level of quality than watch five movies that <laughs> were like the level of quality of Chain Reaction. Yeah. What do you think? What, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with me? I don't know. I just, I don't, it wasn't that bad. Um, do you think this is not a one-star movie? I I don't think it is. You think it's like a two-star or a three, two and I a mean, half star? Yeah, it's somewhere between a two and a three. Like, it's not quite three. Because three is like, it's a okay Yeah, movie. Yeah, it's not quite a three. So maybe like two and a half. Just because the the pros outweigh the cons. Like, there are way more things that it does well versus things that it does poorly. Right. And there's way more, like, more critically acclaimed movies. Like, when we saw, like, Blue Jasmine, I, I just, I was so bored. I hated everything about that movie. I wish I could have left, but we were there with literally my entire family. <laughs> and I didn't feel that way about this movie at all. I, like, I think this movie is better than some of the critically acclaimed dramas I've seen in my life. It's certainly more entertaining. Maybe that doesn't make it critically better. But we do both agree it's not a one-star movie. Yes. The quality of this film is not low. I will say this movie gave me like a appreciation for how good Tarragon Egg Salad is. (laughs) Like, he is good. Not just just because of the end, but also just throughout it? Um... No, I mean, throughout it, you're like, oh, yeah, he does, like, a good American accent, like, right. whatever. But towards the end, you're like, damn, this guy's good. Yeah. No, I – so that was kind of the – what my final question was going to be. Oh, okay. Because we talked about this in the beginning, the two of them. This is kind of a vehicle for both of them to get more, you know – I mean, they're going to be in a lot of movies. And yes. they're two hot new names. Which of them do you think is going to have the bigger career going forward? Well, with the Elton John biopic, but I don't know Ansel Elgort and those upcoming musicals. That story remake. Yeah, yeah, it might they might they might have to duke it out. Who's more attractive? Tarragon egg salad. Okay, I agree. I mean, based on this movie, it's funny because I'd almost say, oh, it seems like Ansel Elgort's getting offered bigger, you know, the more meatier lead roles, but at the same time. Egerton has been in Robin Hood and Kingsman. So, I mean, he's getting, like, the, the action movie. Well, and then Ansel know. Elgort in Baby Driver True. is kind of an action movie. It kind of is, yeah. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like with yeah. I feel like Taron Egerton is more. You don't like watch the movie and say, "Oh, that's Taron Egerton." Like, I feel like he's more transformative. Like, he's able to kind of embody the characters better. Yeah. Whereas Ansel Elgort, like, oh yeah, that's that one guy from that thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's not as he doesn't like transform himself into the characters as much. It just seems like him playing that character. Yeah, I'll be honest. With the exception of Sing, which I've only watched because I have a child. And he is the voice of the the gorilla. gorilla. Yeah. This is probably the first movie with Taron Egerton I've ever seen because I've never seen the Kingsman. Oh, that's movies. right. Because <laughs> I, I saw, I remember the trailers and being like, "That's sweet. that's dumb." Yeah, like, I saw it without you. Knock off James Bond action, like that's gonna be bad. And then so and good. In fairness to this movie, I mean, I know you don't like dramas anyway, kind of. Right? Generally, no. Generally. And it's, yeah, I it's, like- because there are kind of here's a lot the of thing biopic of, dramas where yeah. you're like, eh. here's the thing about a drama. Okay, I don't like leaving a movie depressed. Okay. I don't want to like, you know, feel bummed out after I finish a movie. Mm-hmm. Or there was one movie that I watched when I was younger. It's called Simon Birch. You ever seen it? Yes, unfortunately. So basically, like for half an hour after that movie was over, I was just sitting there sobbing. Like, it was so depressing. And that's not the kind of movie experience I want, you know? Like, I, I want to be able to enjoy myself. Well, I mean, even in watching something like like when we saw A Star is Born. Yeah. Like, so I liked that movie, but even it's though it's a bummer. <laughs> like, at the end, you're just like, oh, God, why? But up until that point, like, there were enough, I think, highlights of that movie that I could enjoy it despite the ending. Right. Um, whereas the majority of dramas, it's just all bad. Like there's no good scattered throughout it. This comes all back to the main problem with this movie is that they essentially are forced to follow the script of reality. Yeah. And it, this movie probably could have been better if it had been completely fictionalized. If they had said, you know what? Yeah, that's true. It would have been a lot more exciting if the, this, this, this had happened. Let's do that instead. Probably one reason why The Big Short was a great movie is because they did, in fact, fictionalize a lot of the stuff that would have made the movie not as good. Well, I am also curious, too, about the differences between based on a true story versus inspired by a true story versus based on true events. Like I feel like movies are always very specific in the way they word that because it gives them more creative license one way or another. This is some prime, prime broadcasting. I would like to point out that I googled Ansel Elfoti and I still got the right the right search to pop up. Okay. No one has a name. Yeah. You are correct. He is American. American. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of One Star Bazaar. As always, you can reach out on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to let us know what you think and make suggestions for what we should watch next. Next week, we will watch an action comedy 
that debuted at number one at the box office when it was released in the summer of 1990, starring two very popular actors from the 80s and 90s. Tune in next week.